Welcome to House of Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this past Sunday. For more information about other messages or events at House of Hope, visit www.ihope.today. Talk about on a Sunday morning. Someone said, uh oh. <laughs> no, it's not about masturbation, so you can, it's okay. Well, I'm just clearing the air. Come on. It's like, it's right. The kids can go home and they can ask their parents what that is because everybody needs to know. Anyway. (laughs) What I want to talk about this morning is um, feedback. Uh, One of the things that makes us who we are as House of Hope and as we're developing a culture of honor and as we live in a culture of honor is that feedback is important. And now, I guess we need to define what feedback looks like and what is it. It's, it's not criticism. It's not, it can be, but it's constructive. It's feedback is the current term for what Jesus would have called confrontation. And so um, let's look at Matthew. I want to read a couple of verses first, and then we're just kind of going to delve into this. Um, Matthew 5, verse 22 and 20 to 24. Um, So Jesus is saying, but I'm telling you, if you hold anger in your heart towards a fellow believer, you are subject to judgment. And whoever demeans and insults a fellow believer is answerable to the congregation. And whoever calls down curses upon a fellow believer is in danger of being sent to a fiery hell. Um, so just a light verse there to open us up. So then if you are presenting a gift before the altar in the temple and suddenly you remember a quarrel you have with a fellow believer, leave your gift in front of the altar and at once go to apologize with the one who is offended. Then after you have reconciled, come to the altar and present your gift. It's always better to come to terms with the one who wants to sue you before you go to trial. Or you may be found guilty by the judge and he will hand over you to the officers who will throw you into prison. Believe me, you won't get out of prison until you've paid the full amount. So this is typically, you know, used in anger, you know, anger management and stuff. But this is a great verse that Jesus is talking about where it's like deal with your stuff. Be open about it. Deal with it. Um, Hence, even earlier when I'm talking about some of the misinformation, it's it wasn't a criticism against anybody. It was just like let's just let's let's get everybody on the same page. Um, the next um, the next passage I want to read is Matthew 18, and some of these like are just you're like yeah 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 I've read about this, and it's like well let's just apply it. <laughs> so Matthew 18 verse 15 says, if your fellow believer sins against you, you must go to that one privately, and attempt to resolve the matter. If he responds, your, your relationship is restored. But if his heart is closed to you, then go to him again, taking one or two others with you. It's always, it's always really encouraging when you see a group of people coming towards you. <laughs> and you kind of look on the side of you and you're like, uh-oh, what's going on? Uh, it's like, <laughs> yeah, let's fight. <laughs> Actually, I probably would fight. You'll be... Um, it, Anyway, you'll be fulfilling what the scripture teaches when it says every word may be verified by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen, then share the issue with the entire church in hopes of restoration. If he still refuses to respond, disregarding the fellowship of his church family, you must disregard him. 
as though he were an outsider on the same level as an unrepentant sinner. Receive the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be considered to be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you release on earth will be considered to be released in heaven. Again, I give you an eternal truth. If two of you agree to ask God for something in a symphony of prayer, my heavenly Father will do it for you. For whoever, wherever two or three come together and honor my name, I'm right there with them. So <clears throat> these are two almost random, random verses or random passages in Matthew that Jesus was actually trying to get to the, the meat of the heart of, the, of, of confrontation. And I think so often, um, you know, you, you bring up the word confrontation um, and all of a sudden issues rise up in our own hearts as how we've been confronted in the past, whether it be our jobs, whether it be church, whether it be, you know, as a student and a teacher or husband and a wife. Like how many of us husbands love to talk to our wives about giving them feedback? Dan is the only one that has raised his hand. You know, and, um, you know, it's, it's sometimes difficult for people to give feedback that's constructive and it's well thought of because we don't know how to do it. We haven't done it. We haven't had it modeled to us. We haven't had feedback given to us that has been healthy. It's been, you're doing this wrong and I'm going to kill you. And I'm like, and we're like, you know, that's the extreme, obviously. But it's, it's almost that feeling that we get when, we're, when we have feedback. Um, a couple of, you know, I, I just thinking back in times in my own life where I've had leaders in my heart, in my heart, leaders in my life that have actually corrected me. And, and I was like, wow, they really love me. That was my response. Like, I remember I was in YWAM and, um, put that away, please. You're distracting me. Thanks. Um, (laughs) I've had leaders in my life and I was, I was in YWAM and, uh, the, the, the base or the air, the base director, I was working at my desk and he, he pops his head around from his, his, his office. And he says, Jeff, can I talk to you for a few minutes? And I was like, yeah, sure. So, you know, and I walk in, Hey, Phil, what's going on? He goes, yeah, I just, um, I just need to, you know, there's a couple of things that people have been brought, brought to me that I just didn't know if you were aware of. And I was like, Oh, okay, well, what's that? And so he, he kind of lays out these things. And I was like, what? I, I didn't see it. And I was like, and <laughs> sounds awful, but I can't remember what they were back then. Like, I know it was significant. I remember sitting down and him speaking, and they were significant for my life. And I know I worked on them, and I worked on them to the point that 23rd, third, good Lord, 30 years later, I, I don't remember what they were but I know that because it, it, it wasn't a big deal. It was a big deal then. And I remember him giving, him saying it something to do with how I treated people, I think. But it was, he gave me a verse, and, he, and it basically was, you're, you're a redeemed person. And the, the verse was something about the, the children of Israel not eating the sour grapes. There's a verse, I can't even remember where it was. That's how it was, but it was impactful to me at the time. And he says, like, you don't have to live underneath a curse of your parents. That's kind of what it was. And I was like, wow. And he, we prayed together, 
And that lasted, that impacted me of that kind of a feedback because I realized that as a leader, he cared enough about me to actually see me grow. And one of the things that as I've been, you know, senior leader, senior pastor, you know, whatever you're going to call me here, I realized in the last eight years that no organization can rise higher than the constraints of its leader. And that, and, and that's, that goes in business, that goes in families. Like if, if I, as a father, you know, my kids will never rise higher than me if I, if I, if I don't grow. And it requires all of us um, as leaders in the kingdom to have a heart to grow. And that's what feedback actually invites in people's lives is that we're, I'm receiving feedback because I want to grow. And sometimes we don't like to receive feedback because we don't allow people to have a place in our hearts to give that. It's got to be done in relationships. See, Jesus, even Jesus, when he was talking about these, these two passages, it was all done within the context of relationship. It's like if somebody, if you go to somebody and they don't receive it, you, you're not ganging up on them. Like the, sometimes we've been taught or we have this feeling that, you know, Jesus was ganging up on the person who, who didn't receive it. So they brought two or three more. And it's because we all contain, we all have blind spots in our lives. And as, as sometimes as leaders, now I'm speaking to you as a group of leaders, because every person in this room is a leader. House of Hope is made up of leaders. Now you're like, I don't get that. I'm not a leader. No, you are, whether you realize it or not. So I'm speaking to you as if you are a leader. You're a leader in your home. You're a leader in, in an area. Just you're a leader. And so, but we all, as leaders, we all have blind spots. A few weeks ago, Zach and I, um, Zach, Andrew, and I were talking about Andrew's car and, and how he is challenged to keep it up. It's an older vehicle, and, and we were laughing, and, and I said, you know what, if your car breaks down and dies, you better have either have something saved up to replace it or take care of it. He goes, it's fine. My car is fine. And both Zach and I, we, we just launched on him. It was like, no, it's not fine. This is what's wrong with it. And he's like, I don't see it. And we, you know, we laughed, but it was a great example of how there's things in our lives that are blind. We don't see things in our life. Like we're, they're, they're called blind spots for a reason. You know, I put my hands up and I can see you know, I can see my hands, but I go like this. I don't, I can't see my fingers, right? There, it's a blind spot. So I could have something going on here in my life that I am totally unaware. And it's, it's allowing people in our lives to who actually are standing here. And they're going, I don't know if he notices that, but he's got this big booger hanging off the side of his head. You know, I like him. I don't want him to walk through life with that big, or maybe it's this growth coming off. And did you know that you got something hanging there? Can I give you some feedback, Jeff? Did you know that there's, oh, I, oh, wow, I didn't see that. Thank you. You know, it's like we joke around with people, like you got something in your tooth. Well, thank you. Or your fly's down. Or you got a little bit of a bug hanging down there. Thank you. You know, it's like we, we do that because we, can't, we, we we'd be embarrassed if 
you know, if you're having a conversation with the teller at the bank and you've got a bit of a bug hanging down, and if nobody told you, and you go off your day, why didn't anybody tell me? So as a house, as a people, we want to develop a culture. We want to continue a culture where we're continually giving each other positive feedback and feedback, feedback that actually will cause us to grow. And that's scary because it actually will allow, it cause you to actually have to interact with each other and trust each other. One of the things as a leader, leaders are always very opinionated. They're, you're very strong. They're opinionated, headstrong, and they just want to, they want to lead. That's why they call them leaders. And so you get a, you get a group of people who are leading And if they don't have the feedback in their life to change, then they could be actually in deception. And the problem with deception is people who are in deception don't know that they're deceived because they don't allow people to speak in. And it's scary for me to receive correction or, dis, or, or, or feedback in the sense of from people that I don't know. But I have to trust. I have to trust that, that they actually have my back. And that's why, you know, like even our leadership team, you know, we've been together, most of us, from the beginning. And I trust them. I trust them implicitly. There's something going on. And they say, Jeff, something. And I'm like, no, that's not true. And then I think about it, right? Not, doing, not that that's right. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I can be told something and then I get all twisty about it. And then the Lord actually says, hey, this is true. I want to put a a video on real quick. Um, It's an instance where Chris Valentin actually received some feedback. um, And I'm not going to, I'll just kind of highlight it like that. And it kind of ties into what I wanted to talk about today and how it's, how it's done. So I'm just going to grab the lights. I was about eight years ago. Danny Silk came into my office, and I had the door open. He stood in the doorway, and he said, Hey, um, come talk to me in my office. And I said, Okay. He said, Hurry, because I have 15 minutes before I have to run to the plane. I said, Okay. So I, I walked in his office, and and he looked really serious. And I'm like, usually we're kind of bantering back and forth. We've known each other since we were kids. So I, I go, what's going on? He said, well, listen, this is going to be a little rough because I only have 15 minutes. And, and Danny's usually, I, 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 I teasingly say, Danny can cut you with a sword and it's so sharp, you don't know you've been cut till you go home and bleed to death. I can say the same thing. They're like, oh, he ran over me with a tractor. And Daniel will say the same thing. The person's like, oh, Danny, he was... And I said, what did you say to you? I'm like, that's what I said to you. So he's, he's very diplomatic. Very wise and diplomatic. And so he said, you know... I, I, and he didn't say the word diplomatic. He said, I don't have time to actually go through all the steps with you. So I just want to tell you what I'm thinking. And I, I feel like I need to say it before I'm gone on this two-week trip. I said, okay. He said, uh, you're arrogant, and your arrogance is like leaking out on people. I think that was his opening statement. (laughs) 
you know, you do work for me, right? What are you doing for a job next week? And I was like, okay. And then he, so I said, uh, okay. And, and that's not Dan's, Danny's normal mode, by the way. That usually comes like 15 minutes and then you figure out like he just told you you were arrogant when you got home. You're like, did he just said I was arrogant? <laughs> and uh, I said, well, you know, obviously, uh, well, why do you think that? Like what happened for you to say that? And he named three different people that I had a conversation with. In which I was like, he said, you know, when you talk to so-and-so, and two of them were speakers, and one of them was a, a staff person. And he said, he said I, was involved, I was there when you said this and this and that. And, and I immediately defended myself. I'm like, no, no, that's not what I was thinking. Like, you did what Bill just said. You misjudged my using your gift of discernment. And it's actually suspicious. <laughs> I didn't actually say that. I, I did defend myself, though. I said, no, no, that's not what I was thinking. No, no, that wasn't in my heart, da-da-da. And he, so, you know, and I, and, you know, it took him about 10 minutes to tell me what those three stories and, you know, what he felt and what the Lord showed him, da, da, da. And it took me about five minutes to defend myself. And he stood up and he said, listen, I told you, you just work it out. I'm going. I'm like, okay, we're going to, you know, you ever have this conversation, just crash the plane into the ground and walk out and like no closure. I'm like, okay, I'll text you. That always, that's always fun. You know, you get to guess the tone when someone's texting you, right? <laughs> and you always read the tone in it, the one you're in. I'm going to say this to him, so he must be saying that to me, right? That always works. Never try to solve a conflict through email, text. I, I should tell, remind, I need to put it on the mirror because I do it all the time. It just gets worse. So he leaves, and I and I I go, and I, I know Danny has a big place in my life. I mean, he's one of my wise counselors. I'm like, all right, and I, and I'm I'm driving home uh, about an hour later. And I'm driving home, and I I really am hurting. I'm really hurting, and I'm like, wow, my friend thinks I'm arrogant, and I, I'm actually defending myself. I'm like, well, you know, he just needs to like get a life. You know, he doesn't understand like. <laughs> Confidence always looks like arrogance to the insecure, you know? I got all these one-liners going through my mind, you know? You can spiritualize your dysfunction and it gets to stay. I mean, Bill said something like that today. So, you know, I go home and I'm working in my shop, but I'm not really thinking about anything except for what he said to me. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's terrible. And I'm thinking about, I'm actually not thinking that he's right. I'm actually thinking about how to convince him he's wrong. And I'm having, you ever argue both sides in your mind? I'm arguing both sides of him. He's going to say this, and I'm going to say this when we sit down next time. I got a good point I didn't think of when I was in there because he got up too soon. So that night I went to bed, and I wasn't doing a lot of sleeping. I laid awake. I laid awake. I laid awake. And then I decided to pray like 3 o'clock in the morning. It came to that finally, you know. You ever do that? Like, I don't know why you just don't start there. I... And I said, Lord, you know, Danny has this issue with me. I hate this, man. I hate having friends. And the Lord said to me, um, the Lord said to me, if you don't trust someone more than you trust yourself, then you can't get out of deception because the nature of deception is you don't know you're deceived. Which is what I had taught the month before. 
I'm like, that's a good word, Lord. Where'd you get that? From my message? <laughs> Got some intellectual property rights on that going on. I want you to know. The Lord repeated my words. And he said, you said that. So what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. And so the Lord said, do you trust Danny more than you trust yourself? I'm like, well, not at this point. (laughs) And and then I just spent the next half hour just recounting the amount of times that he's helped me in my life, spoke into my life. And, you know, he just reminded me, you know, he loves you. You know that he would have not done that to hurt you. I'm like, okay, that's true. Doesn't feel true right now, but I'm sure it's true. And so... um, about, I don't know, and maybe an hour went by and kind of wrestling with that. And then I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to believe he's right because I have to trust someone more than I trust me. This is exactly how it happened. Within 20 seconds of me saying that to the Lord, I instantly saw my motive, which was total arrogance. Do you know when that happens? You're just like, oh my... And then I started seeing a whole bunch more where Danny didn't know about. <laughs> How many have ever had that happen? And you're like, I'm a worm, I'm a worm, I'm a worm. <laughs> I, am, I am such a worm. Oh God, forgive me. So the next week we were in staff meeting and I apologized to the entire staff, told them what happened and asked them to forgive me. And I wrote a letter to both those um, guys that I had spoken to, uh, they were traveling speakers that were friends of ours. And I said, man, this came up in my heart. And and there was actually two or three more messes I went back and cleaned up. And and, uh, But how many know you'll need someone in your life that in tough times you trust them more than you trust yourself? Because we all get into these It's not just about you. Sometimes you get in these things with your family. You're so emotionally connected, right? You don't don't even, you know what you would tell someone else, but you don't know what to tell you. And you need your faithful counsel, your proactive counsel to come around you and speak truth in your life. And sometimes what they're sharing with you doesn't feel true, but you're like, I have trusted this person for 30 years. I will certainly trust this counsel. It doesn't feel true, (laughs) but I bet it's true. That's a good word. How many of us can relate to that? You know, we all had things go on in our life that people have spoken in, and you're like, oh. And I, w- I want to give you the, the, the second part of the story that I talked to you about Andrew and his car. He, he, he heard the counsel of Zach and I. And he made an appointment with the car dealership, and he took his car in, and it turned out that he had a number of things wrong, but they were easy fixes. And, the, and, and he says, Dad, it, it cost me 250 bucks to, to do it, but he said, I have an amazing car. I just need to take care of it. And I was like, that's good. And so there's things that happen when we, when we actually receive feedback and we receive it from people that we trust and that we know. And sometimes, like, like, like Chris said, like he's, Danny's been in my life for 30 years and he's never led me wrong. This is a blind spot that we have. And so we all have these blind spots and we have to have people in our lives that are, we allow to, to speak into these things 
and then receive it. But because we haven't been modeled, because feedback and, and, and confrontation has not been modeled in a healthy way throughout most of our lives, it's really difficult for us to receive things because it gets, it gets perceived as control. You know, if I go to somebody and say, this is what I'm seeing, if I don't have a really good relationship with them, all of a sudden I hear, well, Jeff is really controlling because he told me I shouldn't do this. I was like, well, no, that's not the, that's not the point. And see, and then what happens is, is that I hear these stories and then I go, well, I, I'm just not going to talk. I'm just not going to give any feedback because, I, you know, I just don't want my heart misrepresented. But then what happens is everything remains normal and no growth happens and then my lid, the lid that I talked about as leaders, all of a sudden the entire family stops growing. We have to risk. And this is part of another part of our culture is that a culture of risk. And we want to, you know, we, we, we do things, but we got to know that we're for each other. So it, it's, it's very sobering when I look at myself and I'm going, I'm the lid of this house. Wherever I stop growing, whenever I stop growing, you stop growing as, and we stop growing as a house. That's, that's sobering. So I want to be in a place in my life that, that I'm always growing, that I'm willing to grow. I'm willing to hear. I'm willing to change. How many of us have actually would want our children to go to school and be taught by a teacher who doesn't want to grow? Have you ever thought of it that way? I mean, there's teachers out there who love to learn. I mean, there are teachers. So teachers, a gifted teacher, will actually constantly be learning and, and then pouring out what that person has learned. But if we get in, and I've had my kids in school where, where the teacher was just like, they're just doing what they just do, and there's no growth, and there's just no change. And it's like, that's icky. What about if, you know, you, like you, you go on a trip and you, you enter a plane, and all of a sudden you realize that the pilot doesn't want to receive any feedback. He's not communicating with the tower. He's not listening to what other planes are around him because he's so, like, he, I, don't tell me how to do my job. I'm a trained professional. I can fly this thing around the world. Boom. He just ran into the side of a building. Or a doctor. And the reason they call it a practice because they don't know it all. But they're receiving. They, they're constantly growing. It's, it's feedback is, is in our life. It's part of growth. So any leader that is unwilling to grow is basically unfit for leadership. That's a harsh statement. But if we find ourselves unwilling to receive feedback, it dis, actually it disqualifies you from actually being a kingdom leader. Because even Jesus grew. He grew in favor with God and he grew in favor with man. And the first 30 years of his life was silent, aside from the, the teaching in the temple chapter. But in, that, in, the, in his life, he was growing, he was maturing, he was developing until he had what he needed from the Father to release unto the world. That feedback was so important. We cannot grow without feedback and accountability in our lives. We just can't. And we have to learn to trust each other on how we do that. Now, I have, I have a ton of stuff here that I can throw out and how we do feedback, and, and that's going to require just practice times. And, 
and times that we learn to trust each other. But what happens in a situation when feedback is given but nobody's listening? What is that called? You know? Anybody going to guess where I'm going with this? Feedback is given and nobody is like, it's just given to the air. It's called gossip. <laughs> it's called murmuring. I don't like it the way I don't, I don't understand. I don't like the way things are done around here. Well, that's feedback. It is. It's just not helpful feedback. It doesn't, it's not feedback that allows growth. Uh, I think that's what happened at the foot of Mount Sinai. And I believe the Lord kind of opened up the ground and Keith Green actually wrote a song about it and it says God opened up the ground and I forget now the words. But anyway, you know what I'm where you know where I'm going. It's like we we in this in this social media time in in society, we are really quick and easy to give feedback to people when it's typed. You know, or we're in a group of our friends and go, did you see what he did? I can't believe it. That's wrong. That's not helpful. It's wrong in the sense that it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't cause anybody to grow, but it actually causes people to, to shrink back. When they hear that, they go, oh, there's, because there's no power behind it. There's no relationship. There's no love. And that's why it's important for us as a house to, to, to be aware of what our words are and how we say them, and, how, and who we direct them to. We, we do declarations every Sunday. We, make, we have the power of life and death in our tongues, and that's why we make declarations. But in the sense of, you know, one of, one of, our, one of the areas that we're constantly needing to work on is this whole area of gossip and murmuring, right? It's like it doesn't help anybody. But if, but if it was directed, it would actually cause some more change because it'd be coming out of a place of love and not of discontentment. It's amazing the things that I get to hear during the course of a week, but never to my face. Never, like, Jeff, we need to talk, right? And it's like, and this isn't a spank, I'm just giving you what's going on. But given, you know, given feedback given to nobody in general is called gossip and murmuring, we just, we have to realize that and focus our feedback to people. Like I said, if you have a booger on my side of my, you know, the other day I cleared my nostril and I didn't know where it went. And I was like, I was afraid for the rest of the day that it was hanging on me somewhere. Right? That's kind of like what it is. <laughs> it's just... Anyway. <laughs> so there's two different types of feedback. There's an ap- affirmation type of feedback. And it's, it's like if you, how many of us have been, you know, we're, we're in situations and um, you see somebody do something and you think to yourself, man, that was just awesome. I just love how that person handled that situation. And then you think it and you just go along your way. If you can think it, you probably should say it. And it goes both ways. In affirmation, and then even in corrective feedback, because that's the second, right? We want to affirm each other. We want to say, man, like, you know, when I saw you do this, this was amazing. Last week, um, it, was, it was moving day. It was Friday, day before moving day. 
And I, Dan and Roger were helping me empty our storage unit. And I said, hey, we just got to go to Home Depot because we bought a pergola. And we just got to pick it up because we have the truck. And, um, you know, and, and I'm thinking everything is going to go as planned because that's just how I see life. Everything goes the way I think it's going to go. But it's Home Depot. And we got there and it didn't work out. And so in my stress... I'm thinking, I'm not happy with this situation. So I go to the customer service. I'm like, hey, here's my receipt. I'm here to pick up that which, which I had purchased. And Roger was standing with me, and Dan was waiting outside in the truck. And, and she's like, there's been a problem. And I was like, oh, of course there is. This is big box retail. There's going to be a problem. And I said, oh, what's the problem? She says, well, the item that you purchased, they didn't, they, we don't have it actually in stock. We have the display model, and we have a defective model that hadn't been taken out of the system. I said, well, I was told that you had it in stock because I asked specifically, do you have this item in stock? Well, yes, he was mistaken. I'm like, oh, great, okay. And I'm just, I'm, you know, because everything's going on and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I had to, I, I said, okay, this is your problem. What are you going to do to fix it? And so, blah, 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 this works, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, great. So I walk out of the building, and Roger says to me, he says, wow. He says, man, you handle that with such grace and such love. I have never seen that in that situation. And I looked at him, and I was like, seriously? Like, I was about to lose my lunch. Because, I, you know, he says, no, seriously. And I was like, Wow. That was a time that was some affirmation and, and that he spoke it out. Roger, and he's not here today, but Roger is one of the most affirming men that I've, I've ever had the pleasure of having to call friend. Because he just, he sees situations and he calls them out. And on the other side, he sees situations that may not work and he says, that's not working out so well for me. Right? So he's, he's but he's great for that. And that's the kind of thing, like, if we see each other doing something that's amazing, tell us. Tell, tell your, like, we're family. Tell them. I love this about you. I love it when you were in this specific situation. I love how you handled that, that loud kid in Sunday school, if you see it. I love whatever it is. We need to, we, we thrive as a, as a person, as a, as a human being. Human beings thrive on affirmation, even if it's not your love language. Because somewhere in there, everybody likes to receive a good word. And when it comes to confrontation, correctiveness, just receive it and go, thank you. I'm going to dwell on that. I've had people come to me over the years and going, bam, right? And I'm like, that doesn't feel fun. But let me think about it. Like Chris said, like he chewed on that. He, he pondered it. He, he, he's like, I don't think it's right. But then when it got to him, when it actually struck his spirit, he's like, I'm a worm. And that's, I think, what happens is that because a right word in a right season will actually cause us to be changed. We have to allow it to actually penetrate us and not just dismiss it. Not just say that, oh, it's just, you know, they're, they're wrong. They're just insecure or they're whatever. Take it, chew it, and, and receive it.
One of the biggest things that I see in young leaders today is their inability to be corrected. And that's, you know whose problem that is? Whose fault that is? That's ours. (laughs) Because we've modeled it to the younger generation. And so it's time that we actually, as, as, as more mature leaders, we actually start to model healthy confrontation, healthy feedback. And so the younger leaders, as they're coming up, it just becomes part of who they are. The book of Proverbs is an amazing picture of what the Lord set up as far as, you know, if you want to be a fool, do this. If you want to be wise, do this. And it all centers around confrontation and feedback. Study the, study the book, of, like study the wisdom, like the wisdom says, a fool does this. If you want to be a, a wise person, do this. If you want to be an idiot and have a club across this side of your head, then you're a fool. Proverbs 1. <laughs> it's the Jeff Crozier version. So I was going to go into all about eye messages and stuff like that, but I can smell lunch. So... <laughs> We can talk about this more in, at different times. But I just wanted to release this aspect as part of, as, as, as a house that values, you know, becoming a culture, having a culture of honor, and that feedback within our house is important, and we give it to the right people. The people that are, that it's, you know, like, that's why I asked for feedback on the building. You know, like, talk to us. Give us your ideas. That's, that's just ideas. But even as a leader, if I say something, because I can be pretty open and I process externally, you know, you didn't like the fact that I opened up the service saying we're not talking about masturbation and that offended you? Tell me that, right? That you won't be able to come to me and actually say that word because most people can't in public. Anyway, I'm just kidding. But as a point of exercise, it's important for us to have people in our lives that we can actually invite this. And so you need to find somebody that you're close to, that you're accountable to. And, I, and I'm not talking about the crazy, weird accountability. Are you accountable? Like, it's just, it's called relationship, guys. It's just being in relationship with people that you, you trust. And one of the toughest questions that you can ask is what is it about me that is getting in the way of our relationship? And that's what I'd like us to do is just as a point of exercise, some point this week, go to somebody that you try and say, I need one thing. Go to a close friend or, or, your, or your wife or your husband or your kids. Ooh, you want to see your, some happy times? Ask your kids, what is it about me that is hindering my, my relationship with you as your dad? And they'll tell you. But it's, it, it, it invites us to grow. You know, when, they, when your child says, Dad, I don't think you spend enough time with me. Whoa, you work too much. No, this isn't, I'm not pulling this from my own life. I'm just, these are, I don't think I could ever, anyway, I'm not going to. But just, you know, you go to somebody and you ask that question, what is it about me that is getting in the way of our relationship? And they're like, I've been waiting for you to ask that. Yes, here, I have a list. And you can hold them off and say, no, 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 I just need one thing. I just need one thing to work on because I don't want to be overwhelmed. And you have that, you have that ability 
to say, I just need one thing. I know there's probably a lot. I just need one thing I need to work on. Because it's important for us to grow as a people. It's, personally, we can't grow with each other, without each other. And we have to lay aside our, our, our past hurts. We all have owies when it comes to confrontation. We all have owies where people have hurt us. You know, it's like we've all been hurt by people within the church, by leaders in the church. And then we have to look and go, wow, Jesus would, you know, what is Jesus' response to that? His response to that is, yeah, so was I. Right? And so we grow and we develop and we move together and we get stronger as a family. And that's all I have to say about that. So let's stand. So Father, we just, we just say, we invite you to, to cause people in our lives that we trust to give us feedback. And if we can, if you can in your heart say this, um, I invite feedback in my own life. Some of you may not be into that place yet, and that's okay. But Jesus is working on you. And so, Holy Spirit, as we receive feedback, would we grow? Would you allow us to grow? Would you allow us to move, move farther as a family, as a, as a house, as individuals? And so this week, as you go, you guys, just ask that question. What is it about me that is holding back this relationship? And just allow that to, to, to marinate in your heart and ask the Holy Spirit just to give you direction for what it is. Amen? All right. One quick thing before we go. Uh, I meant to do this before I started. Is that uh, we please be praying for Melody this week. She was in the hospital this morning. She's got some neurological things going on. The doctors are just trying to work things out. She's home now. She's resting. She had a really high heart rate, or uh, blood pressure, sorry. Um, and it's, so they're just trying to figure it out. CT scan came back normal, but it's, there's just something going on. So just be play, praying for, for Melody and Richard as, this week as you, you know, if you do that. And actually, let's just pray for her right now real quick. So, so Father, we just lift Melody to you. Just thank you for who she is. And we just speak life into her body. We just speak, um, you know, her, we just tell her blood pressure to go back down to normal, um, normal parameters. Lord, I just ask that your spirit would just surround her, that there'd be rest, that there would be peace, and that if there is a huge problem, Lord, it would be de- um, discovered quickly um, and decisively, and then it, we just call normal back into being. Lord, we just pray for Richard as he's supporting her. Just give him the strength that he needs, and just give him peace as well. All right, and we all said? Perfect. All right, lunchtime. We'll see each other. There's hamburgers down there. You're welcome to join us. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. Our desire is that you will be changed by the love of the Father and the power of his presence. For more information about House of Hope, visit us at www.ihope.today.